Interested in upgrading or downgrading your home? First time buyer? TPS, DACA, or ITIN? Not a problem. Call or text Yamilef Estrada with the MG team at Rowe Real Estate for all your real estate needs at 479-616-8854. And we're back. Oh my goodness, that voice sounds velvety today, man. These new mics. The you quality know. sounds really, really good. <laughs> well, your mic is so good. Well, guys, we did some upgrades here in the studio. Um, obviously, you can hear it with uh, Irvin's advanced sounds. Yeah, you'll probably be able to hear it a little bit better on the on the uh, if you're listening live on the radio right now um, with these cool lo-fi beats that uh, Manny here is playing. <laughs> you guys, I I, I want to know if you guys are into that. That's like that's my vibe. You know the. You know that famous uh, video on YouTube with that girl that's studying? <laughs> that's all I that's listen my to. Ish, man. That's Dude, my ish. Hey, they they have it on Spotify now as an official yeah, yeah, yeah. playlist. There's a and there's one with like a like a Mexican one too, where it's like a Mexican girl and like outside you can see like Del Dev outside. It's so like she's a, yeah, she's in Mexico City. Yeah, they even did one for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like it's Will sitting <laughs> and like it's just Philadelphian on the outside. I um, love it, dude. But I we're love back. It. Yeah, episode, man. Episode uh, 71, and you're back. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to be back. I feel like I missed so much. I loved last week what you and Ezra w- were talking about. I mean, there is so much you guys talked about. But yeah. um, just like, God, the 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 wind of change that I'm, I'm – and I'm really bummed that I didn't get to be here to talk to both of you because – um, I think it, the race that you two, and we, you know, we talk about it on the show all the time, but the race that you two, uh, had in, in 2016 was so influential in, in so many different ways. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're part of the reason why we even have a podcast. Part of the reason why we even talk about stuff is, uh, because of that race that you had mm. four years ago. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it definitely was something to kind of. And we didn't even go that much in depth, you know, it was just kind of just, we yeah, touched on surface level stuff. But so much, so much happened during that 2016 election. But um, one thing that I'm kind of bummed out about, uh, Manny, is that I can't move out of state and then just come back and get a, a free bike and $10,000 from the NWA <laughs> council. <laughs> like, almost, how does that work? Dude, it's like, you should have moved away and just waited a few years. But yeah, I mean, so for those of you that don't know, we're talking about, uh, a local, um, I guess we can call it a non-profit organization mm-hmm. that um, it's almost charitable. Um, I think it's run by, you know, there's Walton Foundation, Jones Trust, um, a bunch of the influential stuff around here is uh, has a program, a grant going where it is incentivizing people to move into the area. And when you do so, you'll get $10,000 to move plus a bicycle mm-hmm. that's just that's just kind of weird isn't it you like, know it's like it's they're selling the culture man but it's but that like, whole bike culture at first i think the first person that mentioned it to me um you know they they kind of sold it to me well they didn't sell it to me but they were trying to sell it to me as a good idea as something that was cool but then i started thinking about it and i was like wait a minute that doesn't sound cool you know, because there's a lot of talented people here. You know, there's obviously need 
poor resources, specifically in the homeless community here. Yeah. Um, and then I went on Facebook and I saw a bunch of people felt the same way. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, first of all, it's, it's, it's kind of a sad offer, man. It's like, uh, a little, a little backhanded towards the people that you have here, but, um, you know, trying to drive population growth, um, you know, and I don't even know. I didn't go look at the application to see what kind of people they were trying to get, but I'm assuming they said people with talent. I mean, what does that even mean? You know, like yeah. how do you prove you have ta- literally like I don't know. You're you're trying to value people off of weird things. By the way, this is Manny and Irvin. Forgot to introduse ourselves. If you guys don't know our voices by now, you <laughs> at can this go ahead. point, <laughs> at this point, you're yeah, yeah. And shout out to everybody that's listening on ninety nine point nine FM. Um, if if you're listening on the internet as well through our various channels, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Anchor, please uh, review us and, and leave a five-star rating. Um, it does help the podcast a lot. Yeah. Um, we are not moving to the area. We've been here a long time. Yeah, um, yeah so. definitely. I mean, most of, well, I've, I've, I don't know how long you've been here. You've probably been here way longer than I have, but I got here in 2002. 99. Yeah, so you're an OG. Yeah, the Y2K scare. Uh, that's, that's what got you to come over here? Today? That's Yeah, yeah. Well, it was mostly work, but uh, uh, I, I that's like just one of the first memories I have of Arkansas is like seeing the news and seeing Y2K and then obviously not really getting it because I was like five years old, but uh, yeah. I just, I just thought that. I just knew that computers were supposed to explode, but they never really did. Yeah. And then like what actually was supposed to happen in 2000, happened in 2020 like i feel like all the craziness happened this year. <laughs> now we still got what like two months left it got pushed back well, a little bit over two, two months under two months right that's but, nuts man i mean like on one hand the year has flown by but on another uh it's felt like the longest year in can my it be january 21st already i don't dude nothing's gonna change nothing's gonna i, I, I it's immediately well and that's part of why we're here right because uh, yeah. you know we're we are looking forward to the inauguration of joe biden mm-hmm. um president-elect biden and uh vice president-elect kamala harris um i'm excited obviously it's going to change administration and there's a lot of promises but you know all promises are empty until there's action and we need january 21st to be here so that that can start Definitely. um and it wasn't like even and then like i've like i've talked about in the past few episodes you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, for me, weren't close to my first picks. And I'm not trying to sound negative and stuff. But um, now that we're here, it's like, what can we do? How can we hold them accountable? And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, like the plans that they have um, for like the first 100 days in regards to the immigrant community. Yeah, which... not even things, you know, and we'll we'll maybe talk about our wish list stuff, but um, things that they promised. I mean, yeah. things that they've talked about. um that are really the the reasons why I urge so many people to vote for Joe Biden. The the reasons why uh, I think Joe Biden gave us to 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 vote over the Republican Party. Um, did you have friends? Because I know I did that that wanted to vote for third party. Did you have friends? Um, I had some people like mention it, but nobody like I think people know me well enough that they don't say that to me. Um, even like the, even people that I know were like Republican in the past at this point, don't even bring that up to me. Um, cause they know, like, I just disagree that, that strongly with the points. Um, my friends are a little bit divided, like, but one thing that I noticed is that a lot of my friends that were talking about, like their voting third party, they're pretty privileged themselves, you know, yeah. with their status, like they're like citizens for the most part. 
So, you know, I had conversations with undocumented people, like undocumented people in my life, and no one told me the best choice is to vote third party. Right. You know, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, like, uh, talk bad about third party candidates. And if it was a different election, I would consider it, right? If it was something, if it was something a little bit more, um, less risky. And I know that people will say, this is going to be a red state anyways, Arkansas is, and your vote really doesn't matter, as they said, right? Um, but the my undocumented friends and, and family members, they told me, you know, like, please vote for Joe Biden. We are scared of mm-hmm. what's going to happen if mm-hmm. Trump wins. And um, four more years of this is hell, you know. People have lost their TPS. You know, people have have to renew their DACA every year now. So that's the, the 400, what is it, 495 uh, fee every year. People and, yeah. are having And it's difficult. going up. Yeah, I think it's like, what's it, was it 700 something? I yeah, forgot. yeah. Something and, like that under the Trump administration, they've raised the prices for those application fees. Then the public charge rule. So, so many things, you know, that were making it just more difficult for people to, you know, live uh, happy lives and, and sustain, you know, their, their immigration status. And all that, you know, I thought about that, all that, and, and that's how that's why I made the choice to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It was simply just because, you know, if 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 we didn't get Trump out of office, like four more years of of uh, affecting people's like mental health severely, mm-hmm. I don't think that's something that we can actually live through. Right, and and I think uh, most of the community agrees with with what you felt. I think most people that have family that are undocumented um, for the most part understand that and get that and voted that way. Um, we haven't gotten the demographics yet on how the Latinx vote went, mm-hmm. right? So we, it's, it's, I can't say anything concrete, um, but according to exit polls to organizers um, that were on the ground in other states, uh, you know, the majority of Latinx voters went to Biden. Um, even though, you know, and that's something I wanted to talk to you about as well is that like, you know, we talked about the Latinos for Trump stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of talk about conservative Latinos, the, the, the Catholic influence, um, the Yolanda Sandivars of our community. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've seen the memes. Yeah. I've seen the memes. Uh, we're, we're to Selena around here. Um, you know, the Southern Floridians, they talked about that a lot. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a wash for them. Um, the, the, the Latinos for Trump were overwhelmed um, by, the, by the Latinos for Biden at the end of the day. And it's always the same. If you look at, like, the, the pictures of Latinos for Trump, it's always, like, almost the same people. Like, because I've seen, I've seen, like, the same faces in, like, multiple pictures that get used. Oh, yeah? You know, instead of, like, when they use... Because sometimes they use, like, they use pictures that they probably bought on the Internet somewhere and just, like pick any random latino family and just put a latino for trump sticker on it yeah some kind but, of stock photo i will say I, I so i didn't even hear this but within the like the last two weeks i heard the the song in spanish for oh, donald Univision trump one? yeah it was on telemundo the one that i heard but i was like dang they made a song it's like Latin, it was like it a, has like salsa right it's like yeah, salsa. yeah. What that donald trump <laughs> Uh, it was hey, what it, accent was that? It was it was a tune. It was, that was my Venezuelan accent. Uh, um, but it was it was a tune, and you know that's again, you know, useless because um, it was a wash at the end of the day. But it is um, 
something that me and my girlfriend been talking a lot about how people just expect um democrats to win the latino vote Mm -hmm. um while the other side is marketing strong they're using songs they're strong messages powerful messages that do galvanize a certain percentage of the latinx voters um so democrats sure you got this win but now you have to come through with the promises Mm -hmm. um and come through with action to actually deliver and hold on to those votes you have to earn those yeah um because i i think to your point there are third party people um, there are people that are biting at an opportunity to go in a different direction. Um, and, uh, and so most of the third party people that I know that were telling me we're going to vote for the third party, they were Latinx folks. Yeah, exactly. And not, not undocumented folks, but Latinx folks, you know, people that are kind of like in that woke crowd yeah. that, that like don't believe in the two party system that feel that they need to vote against it to, cause some sort of systematic change for the future even though it's going to take a lot of years maybe decades uh but they want to be part of that change and they and they don't want to support you know like uh parties who haven't tried their best to reach out to us and try to get our try to earn our vote yeah so i think that um you make a good point when you say that that uh there definitely needs to be more outreach yes Um, i mean just under representation and the leadership under investment in the communities for the people that could run uh, quality campaigns for certain candidates um you need you need to pay organizers that know the work um how do you feel about it on a local level because i know me and you probably are one of the people that have been trying to do the most outreach to latinx folks and trying to get them to vote and trying to get them registered and just engage what do you think is missing uh, well so locally you know, in Arkansas, um, the Democrats took a step back, right? They lost seats. Um, Republicans came out strong. And in Arkansas, even more Republicans came out this election. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a stronger Republican surge. There was a bit of a red wave in Arkansas 2020. Um, so I think overall there is a lack of... Um, importance that the Biden campaign gave to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there was Biden people here that actually did good work. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw some of the interviews and I think you even mentioned that there were, they even did like a Jones Center thing was yeah. in one of Biden's ads. So like Springdale mm-hmm. locally, it was in a national campaign ad. Yeah. Like they were here and I think they were doing good work. Great interviews that Shout I out saw. Shout to Jake, to Jake from the, from the uh, Jones Center who pointed that out to me. Yeah. Because he, he noticed, has- he noticed, I mean, he works there. So he was like, wait a minute, that looks like my actual job. And, right. it, and then it was there. So shout out to Jake. Um, yeah, but I, I think they missed uh, a, a lot of people um, here locally um, because what we saw is that there were more voters that were coming out for the presidential campaign, and that's typical, right? Uh, but I don't think there was enough uh, attention on the on the on the Democratic candidate. Um, or organizing, locally. right? Just in general, like yeah. I, I feel like Little Rock had a little bit more of a organizing effort, and I think were they the only area that no they they had the strongest support for Joe Biden, I believe, in like the Little Rock area. Yeah, because um, I, I believe like. Uh, a few weeks, I mean, a few days before the actual election was called for Joe Biden, the map was showing that Washington County had a big Joe Biden turnout, but I'm not sure what happened if, like, it got 
it got switched and and Trump ended up winning. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think at the end it, it was uh, just like a few hundred or almost maybe a thousand votes that ended up going Trump, but it was like neck and neck um, in Washington County, and um, I think that's a really interesting aspect, and specifically in Springdale because uh, Fayetteville is it's actually more conservative than a lot of people yeah. uh, uh, say but like according to the votes according to the data it, it's still it's still got a really strong red presence um, but Springdale at the end of the day surprised me um, with how many Biden votes there were um, there were quite a bit and that's why Washington County as a whole was almost there um, Benton County uh, definitely had I mean a huge huge jump towards uh, blue votes mm-hmm. Um, like in an unprecedented way, it's actually nuts. And a lot of of it has to do with the population growth of Benton County. Um, Washington County and Benton County saw the most blue votes in the state um, as far as just percentage growth. Mm. Um, More than Pulaski is just an established blue county, right? Um, There in central Arkansas. But up here, uh, the the population booms did a lot for um, the Democratic candidates that were running. Obviously, not as many wins as they wanted, but yeah. um, it's there's there's change of brewing at the end of the day. And speaking on a national level, uh, I believe since the last time that we had a episode of the podcast, Joe Biden won Georgia and Arizona, right? yeah, which is such a big deal because I believe uh, Georgia hadn't been blue since like what was it like nineteen eighty something I think. Yeah, well, not the actual day. I think but. like since since uh, Kennedy or Ken- No, since Clinton. Since Clinton. Yeah. Okay, and then Arizona also was flipped, right? Yeah. Um, so you know that's that's good news that, and I mean a lot of it is accredited to Stacey Abrams in Georgia and organizations like the ACLU of Georgia as well that contributed to not only you know getting people registered to vote but educating them on on you know their voting rights and and following up with them after mm-hmm. they were already registered to to make sure that they show up to vote we need to do something similar like that here in arkansas yeah and and to your point i mean amazing organizing um and a a huge shout out to the young latinx people that are in those states Mm -hmm. because i saw a statistic coming from uh jorge ramos you know it it was uh, the exit polls were showing 70 percent um latinx people in Mm -hmm. georgia voted for biden and i think close to the same in Arizona. Um, so that's just organizing. That's great work. Yeah, um, and black women, like, always come out, you know, and, and uh, right. make sure that they're the ones that, like, always have our backs. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, like, we, um, a lot of us sometimes, you know, don't show up, you know, and it's and, and history has shown us that, like, black women are, like, always showing up for us. So shout out to black women as well. And uh, the black, take a quick break. black Latinas out there, shout out. Yes, yes. We're going to take a quick break and... Uh, what song are we playing today, Manny? This is uh, Cariño by The Marias. Okay, we'll be right back after this quick music break.
was the Marias Cari Cariño. Yeah. I have difficulty pronouncing that. Yeah. Cariño. It's, it's all right. I don't expect With the accent. It. Uh, you know, your Spanish is 50-50 sometimes. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm always so had, nah. You always carry the Spanish for it. Thank so you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that was the Marias. I hadn't heard of them before. Um, but Manny just presented me with the music, and I think it's nice. So I definitely will be checking them out. They definitely have some vibes like uh, Carla Morison and a little bit like Mona Ferte, they kind of... I'm into the, I'm into the uh, Spanish alternative rock stuff. That's, that's all my TikTok is. My TikTok is like bands like The Marias Indeed. and uh, Little Jesus. I feel like you have a lot of like Mexican tastes. There, it's like Spanish, like, but like Vefe, like Mexican oh. City vibes. Been hanging out with a lot of Mexican people, right? Like throughout your entire life. Well, I mean... I'm Salvadoran, but yeah. you know, it's, I live in a in a little Mexican world. Spring, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but that's how it is. Hey, my my girlfriend's from uh, her family's from Morelia, so you know. Shout out Tortilleria Morelia. That's Shout right. out. That's right. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is the uh, plan that Joe Biden um, has for the immigrant community. And um, honestly, it's huge. It's a. Yeah. It, I mean, like. Uh, you know, I tried writing some of these down before we started, and then there was more points than I could write. I know. mean, it's a freaking... And so, like, I reviewed the platform that we had for the Democratic Party of Arkansas, and the, our, our platform is pretty generic. It's just more about values. He's got, like, huge things. Uh, he talks very specific points. It's definitely um, gotten better. Yeah, I mean, right, right. You know, and which, of course, makes sense, because, I mean, I mean, as you kind of learn more things just in general get better right but i'm not sure if it if it was the kamala effect i'm not sure when the website was updated but there definitely has been more uh, more things added since the last time i checked which was about uh six months ago um so there's some there's a lot of points you know like manny said so definitely go check them out they're at joebiden.com um but here are some of them that um, we think are super important and we need what we want to talk about them and there's also some things that i um, that maybe the website doesn't really go uh, into much, but we want to make sure that we talk about it and that we hope that that uh, uh, it comes to fruition uh, within the the Biden administration. Uh, I think the most important thing right now is the is DACA being reinstated. Mm -hmm. That's something that um, Joe Biden has mentioned. You know, on his speeches, the website says that he wants to reinstate DACA. Um, and I mean, most people listening probably know what DACA is, you know, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, a work permit for undocumented immigrants. I believe about 800,000 to 900,000 people have it around the entire country. And it's a work permit that allows undocumented folks that have been in the country for a certain amount of time to be able to uh, get a work permit so that they can get a driver's license, so they can, here in Arkansas, thanks to um, the state legislator, Slater, um, they're able to apply for in-state tuition, um, and the permit has been has been active since 2013. I believe that's when when Obama um, announced Some, it as yeah. an executive order, um, and so many people have had it. You know, I personally know so many people here in Arkansas that have it, and the Trump administration has been trying to to cut it. You know, for such a for such a a while now, and and people that contributed to trying to end it were people like Attorney General Leslie Rutledge of Arkansas. Um, so what happens now? I mean, what has happened now is that 
uh, the people that have DACA now have to renew their work permit every year, where before it was every two or three years. Um, and they have to pay the 495 every year. That's so much money. Right. You know, like, that's like, you know, there's people that, that haven't even renewed their DACA simply because they can't afford it. I get people all the time, you know, through my messenger that will say, hey, are you all doing a free DACA clinic? Because, like, I can't afford this. And or or uh, because they can't afford like the attorney fees apart from, you know, the, the 495. But at the same time, there's folks that, that say, you know, is there anybody offering scholarships just because it's really it's really difficult to raise that money. Um, and also one of the things that Trump administration also did is that they um, ended the advanced parole option um, with DACA, which allowed documented people to be able to exit the country and come back legally. Um, you know, when whenever they had a family member that was sick um, or a family member that had passed away or they had opportunities outside the country, um, they were allowed with advanced parole to be able to um, to be able to leave the country and come back legally, like I said. And those are things that, you know, unfortunately were taken away and took so many opportunities and and uh, and, and to be clear, the 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 DACA thing, like it's not that they uh, that people are, are being deported that had DACA or anything, but people can't renew their applications currently Correct. Um, because of stuff that steps that the Trump administration has taken. Yeah. Um, decisions that have been left to the Supreme Court. Um, but, you know, like you said, one of the things that the Joe Biden administration has promised is saying that they will reinstate it to its normal point, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which, you know, first of all, I'm just like, why don't we just fix the whole thing yeah why 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 keep running on the DACA thing Mm -hmm. um and that's one of the things that besides the DACA part because besides DACA on the website it does say that you know reinstate DACA um it also says that they will work to provide a path to legalization um for the 11 million undocumented immigrants and what what worries me about that is uh you know, are are you creating a fair and just system for people to apply, um, especially for DACA recipients who have been here for years and years and years and mm-hmm. years and decades, um, paid uh, thousands in uh, application fees? Are you just adding more steps? Are you going to add more fees? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a process that we're going to be watching super, super closely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, you know, there's good people within the administration that I'm hope that I'm hopeful will be um, holding Joe Biden and Kamala Harris accountable, and we'll remind them. You know, one thing that I don't see on the website, and I think I don't think I've heard Joe Biden talk about it publicly, is DAPA, which is the protection for you know undocumented parents. Um, that uh, former President Barack Obama had uh, also done an executive order for, which would have allowed. Um, undocumented parents to be here legally as well you know and that such a game changer because it would allow you know parents to to get a driver's license or to legally get a job and just to to come out of the shadows themselves you know because there's so many of our parents grandparents uncles aunts that are still in the shadows at the moment but that that was also stripped away by uh, the Trump administration as well so I'm hoping that that is included as well and uh, we'll continue advocating for it Um, But one of the things that I did want to mention, and I know that some of my friends, the leftist friends um, specifically, were brought to my attention is that the Biden administration 
has added someone to the transition team by the name of Cecilia Munoz, who um, isn't very like empathetic towards the undocumented community. You know, she's made statements publicly, you know, talking about how, you know, if, if people need to get deported, then they need to get deported. You know, if, if, if there is a certain number they have to reach, they have to get those people deported uh, based on, on that goal. And um, that's, and I know that a lot of people were very vocal on social media yesterday about that appointment to the transition team. Um, so I'm hoping that the Biden administration looks at that and says, you know what, maybe we should not have this person on our team. Because right off the bat, like, there's people already skeptical, you know, about this administration. They're skeptical about what they will actually do to help immigrant communities. And I don't think this is a good way to start off. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's a sign that, uh, you know, immigrants can't be completely comfortable with this administration and that's something that we that's part of the reason why joe biden was not any of our favorites right yeah um you know some of the comments that he made while he was campaigning that um weren't exactly uh lenient towards um immigrants and having somebody first of all arrest quotas period are disgusting and inhumane um so you know for for a Latina to, to, you know, publicly say that and then be added into the current administration is, is very worrisome. Yeah, and I, and I saw that um, there was people like Erika Andiola, who is a well-known um, undocumented activist in Arizona, you know, who has been very vocal against Cecilia as well. Um, these are people that have been working, um, you know, to try to, to empower and also just fight for undocumented people in our country for years now, so they know what they're talking about, right? And um, we definitely have to follow their leadership and, and see and, and continue to be outspoken to make sure that people like this are not part of the administration. And, and it's, you know, you, you mentioned, Manny, how you were advocating for Joe Biden to, to, uh, for people to vote for him. Um, but now we're in, a, we're in a time after he has won that, like, we're responsible to hold people accountable to hold him accountable, to hold Kamala accountable. Because I also, you know, was telling folks, because they would ask me, you know, who do I vote for? And because of what the undocumented community told me, I was like, vote for Joe Biden, you know, vote for Kamala Harris. But it's like now that now they won. Now we have to make sure that we use our platform to hold these people accountable. And, you know, for them to understand that it's not like it was years ago where they can get where they can do these things and get away with. Right. You know, we're I think a lot of people are more aware of the situation in our uh, prepared to to be more active and 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 be able to voice the issues that they have with with the Biden administration because uh, the the work isn't done yeah just because he got elected well mm-hmm. um, he he still has to be inaugurated you know I, who knows how many legal battles he's going to have to go through to do that um, but you know there's a, there's more elections you know uh, Georgia's got an election coming up a, a runoff on January fifth I think. Um, which we can talk about, but there's more elections 2022, mm-hmm. you know, we, we get, we're right back in it. And, uh, you know, Arkansas has a governor's race, uh, Lieutenant governors, it's attorney general, secretary of state, I think as well. I mean, a whole bunch of things. Um, so like the work continues because yeah. there's so much that we still need to work on. Um, yeah, I mean, the main thing for me was, I think the 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 path to citizenship mm-hmm. that he said he would um, provide um, in the in the first hundred days. Yeah, um, definitely hoping that. 
um, besides that, that he does reinstate advanced parole, right? That he uh, changes the, if we're gonna be striving to one day pass an immigration reform that will protect all 11 million undocumented immigrants, for the meantime, I mean, DACA does need to be um, altered in a way where the renewal period won't be one year, it'll be, you know, three, four years, hopefully five, but I mean, that's a long shot, but longer than a year. Yeah. Right. So those those are some of the things that that they, that they needs to he needs to take care of. I think if I remember correctly, Biden also said that on his first day, uh, he would halt all deportations. That's something that he said uh, that he said publicly, and there's there's uh, articles online where you can actually confirm that. Um, but besides that, just some of the quick things that I wanted to mention in regards to the 100 days, some of the things that stood out. Um, there would be uh, increased visas for domestic violence survivors. Um, they would uh, provide a pathway to legalization for agricultural workers who have worked in the U.S. Uh, for a certain amount of time or, or who are currently working in agriculture. Um, and, yeah, I think that those are some of the, of the important ones. Uh, I mean, everything's important, obviously, but those are some of the ones that stood out to me the most. Um, I mean, and I, the, the, one, the agriculture one is just a huge one. It just makes so much sense. I mean, you're talking about an industry that the entire country uh, just needs mm-hmm. um, that they rely on this labor, which all, at the end of the day, it's it's cheaper labor. But this labor that immigrants have provided for generation after generation after generation. Yeah, it's kind of like what the Braceros program was back in the day, because that's that's actually what got my grandpa to come to the U.S. was the, he came under the Braceros program, which was. The program that you know they went to mexico and brought workers over here to work in the fields of california and then he was able to get residency from my father you know and through my father my mom was eventually able to to get residency as well um so programs like that do uh make a huge difference um you know one of the things that i was that i kind of learned about which is random but i think it's worth mentioning um that I I learned that like the work that Cesar Chavez was doing in, in California, a lot of it wasn't uh, very undocumented friendly. Um, Caesar really wanted to, I guess, you know, he had a goal for what he wanted to do in regards to wages, in regards to working conditions. Um, so undocumented people uh, working in agriculture for lower wages actually made him angry, you know, and I think and I've always, I guess I've always looked up to Caesar, but there's, everybody has their, their flaws and stuff, right? And, and I think we're at a point now where we can't leave a community behind simply because of goals that we, that we have for, you know, for a select group of people. So I think that um, there are still workers that are undocumented that are getting paid really low wages in California and other places that do need to have protections. You know, they do need to have uh, legal status so that they can be able to fight for their rights more. Right. And and one thing that I I haven't seen is a plan for those black and brown people that have been affected by uh, marijuana and, mm. and the deportations that have been caused by mm-hmm. marijuana laws. Um, that's something that's heavy on my heart. And I think that's something that I personally am, am going to work really hard uh, to fix in Arkansas, specifically here in the next few years. Um, is you know reenfranchisement of people that have been affected by marijuana laws mm-hmm. um you know those it because you know if just looking at the data um 
disproportionately affects uh, minority communities. Yeah. Um, and there's there's yet to be a plan. Um, Kamala Harris has made some promises about expunging um, um, records um, that have uh, medical marijuana violations and penalties, but we'll see. I mean, and it's so crazy. Like when people when states legalize marijuana, they don't like review who's in jail. Right. You know, there's people still serving year like decades on a marijuana offense, and the laws changed, but they're still in there. I mean, and felonies. I mean, like they they they're still calling them felonies, mm-hmm. federal offenses. Whenever you know you're legally selling it, um, it's it, it blows my mind, and it's something that we need to fix um, yeah. in our entire country. But something that Arkansas can can address. Definitely, definitely, and. Um, so yeah, those are are some of the main points. Um, I think it's important to point out that um, we will continue to hold the Joe Biden administration accountable the same way that we held uh, the Trump administration accountable. Because at the end of the day, you know, we can't allow things to have happened in the past to happen again, and for our communities to be oppressed and for our communities to be targeted, um, we all have to stand together to make sure that that we use our platform, that we're outspoken. And that, uh, yeah, I think that's the most important thing to be outspoken and to uh, be active in, in, in what's happening. Um, but I know you wanted to mention also the uh, the runoff elections happening in Georgia, right, Manny? Right, right. And I mentioned them briefly, but it is it's probably the most important political thing that we'll see here in the next uh, 60 days. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Georgia's votes as far as the, the Senate seats have gone are going to a runoff, uh, meaning that they weren't decided on, on Election Day. And after the mail-in ballots were called, so the presidential election was called in Georgia, but the Senate seats were so tight that they need to go to a second election that'll be happening in early January. Um, and it's it's you have two seats that are up for grabs, both Senate seats in Georgia, uh, which is huge. It's 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 unprecedented. You you don't usually have both Senate seats happening at the same time. It's because one of those seats was vacated during the Trump administration and then uh, and then subsequently was filled by an appointed uh, person, which I think was uh, Senator Loeffler. Um, so we're, we're yeah, we're going to a runoff. The Latinx organizers in Georgia are working hard. Obviously, you know, you got all of the, the fair fight people and uh, there's there's some good fair fight people here in Arkansas that are connected to the stuff who have been telling me good stuff. Um, they're working super, super hard, but I would tell everybody, pay attention. If you can donate to, um, uh, Ossoff or, uh, Reverend Warnock, those are the two democratic candidates. Um, I I would urge you because those two seats, um, if they are one that would put the Senate, uh, a stalemate between, Democrats and Republicans. And honestly, subsequently, it would make Kamala Harris one of the most powerful vice presidents um, in United States history, Um, because whenever uh, the Senate can't decide on something, the stalemate vote goes to the vice president. So Kamala Harris uh, would end up probably deciding a lot of really important um, votes um, that you know, would affect these things right here that we're talking about, these policies, because without the Senate, you're not going to be able to pass a lot of this. Which, in a way, would kind of give control to the Democrats in both, right? In, in both, both, because they will hold the House of Representatives. Um, they lost a few seats. Um, 
overall, but they still have control of the House, which they need. They needed to keep that. It's the largest body um, in the Congress. And then the Senate, which is run by Mitch McConnell, has been oppressing any kind of mm-hmm. uh, Democratic endeavor that Barack Obama had. That's why there was so much legislation that he couldn't pass, and he had to end up doing executive orders like the DACA mm-hmm. um, order. Um, and why there was there was it seemed like everything that Donald Trump wanted got done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because the Senate is under Mitch McConnell's control. Um, so the Senate needs to flip um, if Joe Biden wants to get anything done at all. And, and it sounds like the Democrats are sending everybody that they can over there to Georgia. I know Andrew Yang is going over there. Right. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what it's like without Donald Trump running. You know, mm-hmm. because those. Senators, except for Senator Perdue, but Loeffler, who was appointed by uh, Donald Trump, you know, they were running on, I'm a Trump Republican. Yeah. Well, Trump lost. You know, mm-hmm. what, what are you actually running on now? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Reverend Warnock, who was running on, you know, all, all of the, the, the political activist stuff that, that he believes in, the civil rights stuff, and then Ossoff, who has a great uh, unity message. It's going to be really nuts. Um, and it's going to, I just don't see how. Republicans can run on saying I'm I'm I support Donald Trump mm-hmm. and, and pull off a race. It's you know I expect some dirty stuff to come out, um, you know bad tactics, mm-hmm. um, but it's got to be something to watch. And if you know anybody that can support, if you could throw a dollar that way to those elections, it's going to be huge and it's going to be really the deciding factor of what the next four years are going to be like. And I know that uh, people might want to you know get in their car and head over to Georgia and try to help out and stuff. But uh, one of the things that Stacey Abrams, um, you know, posted about was, I mean, you can help out by sending your money, you know, so donate to these two campaigns that are progressive campaigns that will definitely, like Manny said, make a huge difference the next four years. And uh, so many things, you know, including immigration reform are probably going to come up. So, I mean, we need uh, as many progressive minded folks to be um, in positions of elected uh, power um, to represent us. Without the Senate, none of that legislation gets passed. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's the end of the episode for this week. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to mention? I mean, nothing. I mean, we are, for the most part, optimistic and hopeful. Mm -hmm. I think there's opportunity to keep doing stuff. Um, I just want to... The one thing I would say, uh, looking back on the last three weeks is that Arkansas ranked again in one of the lowest voter turnouts um, Mm. in the country. Um, The lowest, like, top five worst. Mm. Um, Again, that's consistent. So, you know, most of the people that listen to this know how important voting is. Mm. Um, But just to remind you how important it is to tell your friends and your family to go vote. um, And to urge them to tell their friends and family. and, And because it is exponential. Um, if, if you see things like Arkansas has, uh, ranks low in education, ranks high in suicide rates, mm-hmm. um, ranks high in homelessness, ranks high in incarceration and poverty, and you want to change that, um, you need to get the people that are making the laws right now out. Um, so proud of all the people that went out and voted. I'm proud of y'all. Thank you guys so much, but you know, the work continues. Yeah, definitely. And even though we rank, uh, lowest in that right now you know we're ranking high for high uh covid cases <laughs> so please put your mask on uh, uh manny and i are 
are here in front of each other, but we're both wearing our masks. We have to make sure that, you know, we stop going to parties. I've, I see people on Instagram, I'm calling y'all out right now. I see people on Instagram, you know, that are partying and drinking with no masks on when there's like uh, more than 20 people around them. Please be careful. Like, let's be responsible. You know, you, know, you might not... Uh, you might not specifically pass away from COVID, but, you know, we have family members that are sick. You know, we have family members that have diabetes, that have, uh, you know, a, not a very strong immune system. And we have to think about them. We have to think about the people in our community that are most vulnerable. So I just want to end the episode this week by telling you to please wear your mask, please wash your hands, and please be safe. But we'll catch you all next week. Peace.